You're listening to Tiny Home Tours, a podcast that celebrates all things tiny living. We're your hosts, Allison, Chris, and Loren. Join us as we sit down with nomads and tiny home dwellers to discover why they went tiny, the lessons they've learned, and inspire you to take the leap. This episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours newsletter. Would you enjoy a weekly newsletter that shares all things tiny? Every Friday, we share sneak peeks of full upcoming tour videos, blog posts, and new podcast episodes. Join with the link below or by visiting tinyhometours.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Brian Barrett Butler. I live in a Astro van wherever I want. Um, <laughs> and this is Chris. He's great. He's my great. He's my good friend. So uh we're just sitting down having a quick podcast about lessons learned stories from the road um brian i'll I'll just catch everybody up on your past uh basically around the age of 30 you decided to hit the road after living a somewhat traditional life um so you got into the game a little bit later in life than what you typically see on instagram you know the hashtag van life early 20s just getting out there bouncing around Yours was more of you had a traditional life and then you transitioned to life on the road. So I think you're going to have some unique perspectives. You have your own YouTube channel, um, your own Instagram and kind of sharing your your journey Um, in context to what we're talking about here. um, Love to know any stories. It doesn't have to be, you know, these grand adventures. It can be lessons learned, um, things that popped up, any stories that you have that'd be pertinent for an audience that's considering this lifestyle. I think number one, because this, this is for sure. Like when I've started to think about doing a, being a nomad, it was like, you're almost thinking like, where do you even start? And like the, like the first kind of adventure to that is like, what are you going to live in? And I, I think I've been in like five different rigs and I'm here to say that any single thing that you have is is going to work. That's the number one thing I learned right there. Doesn't matter what you're in, you, you'll find you'll adapt to it, and you'll and you'll live inside of that thing. And eventually, there'll be a calling to move on from that thing. So, <clears throat> apart from story, I guess this is more on feeling um, and like listening to what your body and mind wants will will lead you very far. It'll take you super far actually. It'll help you figure out what exactly it is that you want to do and it might be scary, but I've been scared a lot of times. But I just I jump anyways, I guess. You have to jump. So in terms of being scared, was it like being scared to hit the road, being scared on the road, being scared that you're going to go back to a typical life that you might not necessarily want? Like what what are some of the fears? Uh, the first fear was just even hitting the road because my life uh, was very, I was very codependent on the, on where I was in life at that time. And just the fear of releasing from what, everything that I knew to go do something where it's everything I don't know was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And I was fortunate to have a girlfriend at the time who was less terrified than me and gave me the courage to go out and explore like that. And it was almost like I had to give myself permission to just go out and be free. Like I felt kind of bad that everyone else was back home, stuck working their poopy job. And I'm over here, you know, just like doing the whole Instagram thing, which is not even real either. (laughs) 
So there's a lot of fear in just initially going because you don't know what's going to happen. And, and that's, and, and it's really interesting because I, I've been running my own businesses and starting businesses since 2008, technically speaking. And every time I took those leaps, it always worked. It always worked. So I had, I put that in my head. I try to think back to what has always worked when I allowed myself to trust myself and it always worked out. So that gave me more courage to keep doing this. And uh, that courage got to a point where her and I had to break up. Um, We just had to, it was going in two different directions. And that even right there takes courage. So when you hit the road and you're, if you're a couple watching this and you're about to hit the road together, you're going to find out about each other. (laughs) Like there's no other way you're going to, you thought you knew each other. Guess what? (laughs) Ric Flair is coming through that door. (laughs) and It's going to, he's going to suplex you into the ground. (laughs) It's going to sting. It's going to sting you. It's, you're going to find out who you are. And that might not be in alignment with the person that you're with because your life is different now. And your life before was, you know, it was what it was. So a lot of this, there's a lot of fear within that for sure is it's just the unknown, the uncertainty. Um, I'm friends with uncertainty now though. I kind of like uncertainty now. It's exciting. You know? Yeah. You, uh, you developed this, this muscle within yourself, this, you know, the opposite of, fear is courage, but you develop this courage in yourself that basically helps you through so many situations. Cause on the road, there are situations that pop up where it's uncertain all the time. Like there are times when I start driving for the day, I don't know where I'm going to park for the night where yeah. a lot of people that are considering this lifestyle, they like one of their biggest concerns of being on the road is like, where, where am I going to park? You know, it's, it's like going back, you know, that reference you had to your past life of being certain, being codependent on your life, you know, everything that's going to happen where this lifestyle forces you to be in that consistent state of uncertainty. But then what you realize is it's actually, it helps at least for me. And I assume it's for you. It actually helps you thrive. You actually feel more alive and it's not like thrill seeking. It's not like jumping out of a plane. It's not like going on a roller coaster it's more of the thought that it takes your life on autopilot. You're in a continuous adventure and you build that muscle for adventure, which also comes with uncertainty and you thrive in that. And for me, that's a much more pure way of living because you remember that you're alive every day, everything's coming up and you have to adapt and it's just continuously going. Um, going back to the, uh, the fear side of thing, you mentioned when you first hit the road, in a relationship to, you know, continue this lifestyle that you wanted to, to lead, um, while you're on the road, has there been any fears or do you have that muscle of uncertainty grown to the point to where you don't really fear being on the road at all? Like, are there any other fears that are associated with that? Um, there was, yeah. After, after her and I split up, I went back home, sold the truck, sold the camper, which was scary. And that's when I really had to make a choice. Like, do I keep going? This is only four and a half months in, by the way, you know, like normal me would have just gave up because it was, it would have been too scary, too hard, whatever. But um, there was a crossroads there. You know, I think everyone 
gets to that point of like, all right, I have a really big decision to make that is going to change the trajectory of my entire life. And, you know, I decided to buy a Honda Element and travel in that thing instead. I, I, I took the leap. I did the thing. And new fears came up at that point because now I'm like alone, which I've never actually been truly alone before. I've always lived in a house full of people. So being utterly alone was liberating and nice and it was very needed. But then it gets to a point where then you're like, okay, I need human connection again. And then the new fear comes up. Can I make friends in my 30s? Is that even possible? I think that's a lot of people's fears when they get older. Can I make new friends? You know, and just walking into a cafe or a coffee shop, which that's my big thing on the road is I love exploring coffee shops. Walk in with a smile, pick yourself up and just look, be and be, look happy if you're not happy. Look happy. Like for me, I'm, I was, I'm miserable most of the time, <laughs> but I try to be as happy as I can be. And that, 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 that magnetizes people that you didn't know you needed to hear from into your life. Uh, great example. I'm in Durango now. And I was here last year when I was in the bus you're in right now, actually. Um, and I went to this one coffee shop and there was this old lady sitting in there and, uh, man, like, I I got there. I was in the sit where she was, but she ended up sitting where I was. So then all of a sudden this new fear of having to go confront this poor old lady, like, Hey, I wasn't going to do it. I was like, I was going to sit there, you know, kind of thing. But something happened. I, I walked, I started, I got my food and I was like, well, I'll just go back to the bus. And I started doing that. And it's like, she noticed my energy or something. And she's like, Hey, you can come sit with me if you want. I had the greatest conversation with this random old lady. Like, she was so free in her mind and she, she gave herself purpose and meaning in life instead of fearing life. And it just injected something inside of me of this, this old gal just knew the answers to life almost because she's been through it a lot. And uh, the one quote that will always stick with me that she tells me, uh, once you stop laughing at yourself, that's how you know you're done. <laughs> I was like, dang, like, yeah, humility, not taking life seriously, you know, just having fun being on this rock hurling through space, you know, um, and, and just through conversations with random strangers like that, the fear starts to come down and you start to trust humanity is going to show up the way you're showing up. So that right there kind of changed a lot for me uh, with the commencing of my traveling and, and not being afraid to just go and do the thing. Um, I used to sit in my, in my Honda and I would just sit there for like 30 minutes, not wanting to go in because of, I don't know what's going to happen in there. Like that's how, that's how fearful I was. And really, it's just social social anxiety that I've built up over the years, and certain situations that you know rubbed me the wrong way with that kind of scenario. And, and it took it's still sometimes that feeling still comes up, but it's I don't sit here and dwell about. It. I just get out and I go now, and it's like oh, nothing's wrong. So it's a practice to keep proving to yourself that everything's fine. And the more you do that, 
the farther you go, like your mind will only let you go as far as you let it. And man, so many people holding themselves back because of this, this uh, illusion of fear. It's not even real most of the time. And um, yeah, like I think that drives a lot of people to do what they do on the road, to be honest. I think a lot of it is fear and they, we try to find this comfort and safety with other people, which is probably exactly why you see the big circles of people camped out because they feel safe together. Everyone sees and understands each other. And there, there's a liberation that happens inside of that. And when you remove yourself from that situation, you can feel it. You feel sad and depressed. Um, so there's, yeah, like there's, I, I tell people like, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's so much easier to say that. Um, but if you are scared and you know, talk to me, I'll, I'll help you. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, yeah. uh, before you get on the road day to day on a scale from one to 10, how fe- fearful were you where now present day on the road on a scale from one to 10, how fearful are you just o- overall? I am probably the most fearless I've ever been in my entire life right now. The, the contrast <clears throat> is uh, I was always afraid to ask for what I wanted. Now I ask for what I want and what I need. Um, living at home, there was a fear of having, there was like a, these expectations uh, that were very much above me. And now I kind of don't have expectations and kind of, and I think you said it earlier, like sometimes you don't even know where you're going to end up. Like, I love that now. I, that's the, I, to me, that's the best part about traveling is that adventure. Cause you know, in the back of your mind that you're going to find a place you always do. So now you just turn it into, into this like masochistic game almost, which I love. I love that a lot. And I'm even doing that today. Like I'm just throwing a dart at the map. I'm like, all right, we're going there. Let's go. Like there's something to that. And the more you do it, the, the, the more you, uh, you start trusting yourself and the more you start looking back at your life, like you're asking and you see that person and you're like, Oh my God, like poor me, you know, like that person, if they only knew the power they had, um, their life would have been different back then. And it's interesting to reflect like that and, and look at yourself like that and have compassion with it. You know, don't, don't do it like, oh, you idiot. No, like have compassion for that younger, old, younger self. And even your older self, have compassion for your future. You know, whatever you're doing right now dictates your future. So, you know, have compassion for yourself in the moment at all times. And I think a lot of these prisons that we put ourselves in kind of start to fall, fall down a little bit. Um, when it comes to business as well, I've become more fearless. Like I ran, I ran a mobile mechanic business before I hit the road for about five years. And that helped me a lot to take control of my business life. Um, when I first met Jesse, who contacted you about me uh, almost two years ago now in June, I believe. Um, I told her no. I'm like, no, don't text him. 
I'm not good enough for this job. Like that's where I was. Like I was like, I am, I'm not good enough at my camera. Like I, I don't, I was scared. I was terrified to film for you. Um, but she, but again, women give me courage for some awesome reason, but she was like, too late. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. <laughs> that was like, I was, that I was like, I had to do this now. And I did it. And you said you'd like my style and I needed to hear that. I really did. Cause I had no belief in myself and you, you had belief in me and that is what you will find on the freaking road. You will find people who see you when you don't see yourself. And that just dismantles more fear. It dismantles far more fear. And anything else, uh, slow self-esteem, self-doubt, which I guess you can say fear is at the bottom of all those things, if you want to look at it like an upside-down triangle. <sighs> yeah, like having owning businesses before has helped me try to has helped me like hone it even more later in my life now, which has been uh, <clears throat> pretty incredible. And as as you notice, it's opened far more doors for me working with other clients and other companies and um, using this as like my, like this is like tiny home tours is my beacon. This is what I, I have a list on my, on my thing of the three things I will concentrate on for the rest of my life. And that's myself, tiny home tours and, and filming hunts. That's it. Whichever that's one answer, runs man. out, it runs out, but that's the pinnacle right there. That's the pinnacle is committing to a thing when most of us are terrified of commitment. And the more, you, again, more you dismantle fear, the more you, time you have to commit to something uh, that you see will benefit not just you, but other people. I absolutely agree. In terms of other lessons learned. So talked about fear, getting on the road, dismantling that fear, learning that there really isn't much to fear out there. It's mostly just a self imprisonment that most people live in that they, they want to feel comfortable. And that's be, being comfortable is uh, the definition of not progressing. I, I definitely agree with all that. And I've experienced all that myself and I see it in other people, whether they're scared to make the moves or they make the moves and then they're actually coming to this whole new room and the lights turned on. They're like, Oh, I didn't realize this was in here. Um, in terms of other lessons on the road, anything else that you've learned or any other stories that would be pertinent to people that are considering this lifestyle? Mechanical failures will happen. <laughs> Mechanical failures will happen. And it has happened to me. Um, and it gets resolved a lot faster than one might think. And I've witnessed my friends also having uh, van breakdowns. And then literally a couple of days later, they're back on the road again. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Nothing, nothing was wrong. But in the moment, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's where, like, you, you got you to, gotta, like, make yourself understand or believe that, like, okay, instead of reacting, we need to, okay, what, we got to figure this problem out. And I have a perfect story for this. Uh, I was in uh, Seattle. I was in the suburb of Seattle, but I was in Seattle 
and I was in my Honda Element, and I was going up this super steep road, kind of like uh, San Francisco roads. And my car went into a lower gear to get up the thing, and it sounded like the entire engine and transmission just hit the ground. And I didn't have a drive gear, any I had no nothing. I just started coming backwards on the steep hill. I had I had brakes at least, but I was like, I just no forward, there's no reverse, nada. So I come down this hill and I reverse around the corner and actually land in a parking spot that was just right there for me, which is pretty awesome if you look at it in a you know way. <laughs> um, but instead of yeah, instead of panicking, I said, okay, 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 <sighs> got this. And then like there was an opportunity that presented itself. That right there was within one minute. Five minutes later, I had a tow truck there. So you got to go through the steps and the checklist in the process tow truck five minutes later i'm at a shop five minutes later i'm in a rental car five minutes later i'm in an airbnb life's fine again and it's just seeing what the issue is and understanding that it's not happening to you it could be happening for you and that mindset shift right there on things breaking on the road or not going your way um helps tremendously helps so much to look at it in a different light because i when i see people's vans breaking down it turns into a what was me thing when it's not you it's the van's broken you're not broken you're fine you're just along for the ride you know help the van out help yourself um you know regulate and polyvagal theory um and just and you know what you have to do to get it done. You just have to get it done. You have to insert that disciplinary person in your mind and just get her done. And it'll happen so much faster and so much smoother. Because so when you're fast and chaotic about something, it's gonna be really hard to get everything in order. You're gonna do everything backwards, probably. Instead, uh um, what's that saying that I love so much? Um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And that's the mindset I went in with it. I was like, all right, cool. Call a tow truck guy, no problem. Find a shop, no problem. Airbnb, no problem. A week later, car was fixed. Sure, it costs money, and a lot of us don't have money necessarily to have a you know eight hundred dollar repair like that. But I put money aside for these things, and I think everyone should. Everyone should take it. Have get get yourself the the cash app, and have that thing remove a hundred dollars a week from your checking account. That's, that's what I do. Most of the time, I just have money secretly going over to this other card that I have. And I forget about it most of the time. And then I check it and I'm like, Oh my God, there's thousands of dollars in here. <laughs> How did that happen? And next, and you gotta be really careful not to spend that on, on fun, frivolous things. Instead, it's like, cool, I got money now for when I need new tires, when I need brakes. If something fails, I have money now. And that that is my probably biggest tip for anyone hitting band life. Have yourself like like a, a fund of like, oh no, something happened, but I have this money here to help me. Um, that is massive, actually. Now I'm really thinking about that. I could do it more, <laughs> but but I don't, um, which is fine. So so again, I am a mechanic, so I can usually fix my own problems. Um, but yeah, things are going to break. It's not happening to you. It's happening to, the, to your vehicle. And you have to 
I want to say have, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I like to just regulate myself and just knock off the checklist and the process of where are the next steps. That's it. No emotions involved. Yeah. I have a similar thought process. Well, number one, having cash aside is massive with being on the road because it could be something small. Like for example, I spent a lot of money on preventative maintenance this uh, early spring at AAA bus just to get my bus up to hundred um, percent. You don't want to be at the mercy of, well, you're different with your van versus my bus. It takes a certain mechanic that can work on my bus. It's commercial parts. And typically, you know, if a bus breaks down, you're going to a uh, truck repair shop, which is very expensive. The good ones are booked out for a very long time. It's and where with yours, you can, you have a lot more options. Um, yeah. But for me, the preventative maintenance is massive. Like I tell the crew at the shop that I trust, you think it's going to break in three or four years? I don't care. Just replace it now. Like I don't care about the cost because it could be it, the cost could be so much more if you go to a shop that's not honest. And they're like, well, actually, you need X, Y and Z. And they just want to throw on new parts that are used and then charge you for it and then charge their $150 shop rate. Right. Yeah. Um, but your your point of having cash set aside because it's not a matter of if it's when. And that's a very common statement, but with these vehicles, that's, that's absolutely true. And, um, I'm not necessarily on the, uh, like when, when stuff happens on the road for me, cause it always does. Um, it's not, it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. Like I, I still need some lessons and crystals and that the whole woo thing where, where for me, it's more of the stoic philosophy of you can't choose what happens, but you choose how you react. And I just mentioned, I spent a lot of money getting my bus, a lot of preventative maintenance. And then as I was leaving Arizona, there's a grade North of Phoenix heading Flagstaff interstate 17. That's massive. And it lasts a very long time. My bus started sputtering as I was making this grade out in the middle of nowhere. Luckily I was able to get to a truck stop. And luckily for me, it was just my secondary fuel filter had come loose and I just had to get a new one and then screw the new one on. And the bus is running better than ever. I got very, very lucky. Um, but throughout that whole process, if I would have, you know, been thinking, woe is me, this is terrible. I just spent all this money. No, it was like, okay, perfect. I was able to get it to the truck stop. I have a tow car. I'm able to call the mechanic that I trust. And he put me right on the issue. He's like, that's definitely a filter. And, you know, thankfully it wasn't nothing. It didn't sound like anything internal. Didn't sound like anything. I'd have to rip up the the little access door to my fuel sending unit. He's like, no, this definitely sounds like a filter. Get two new filters, throw them on. Bus is good to go. Um, yeah, you can uh, be woe is me and things really go bad when you start thinking that way. Or you got to look at it as, okay, this is the situation I'm in. How can I deal this? deal with this the best way possible? Make it better for me, make it better for the vehicle and get it figured out. Um, that's a really good one as well. Um, okay. One more, if you have another story, another series of events, another lessons, lesson learned so far with your life on the road. I used to look at life differently. I used to look at it as a thing that would never end. You know, I would be 20 my whole life, maybe <laughs> now I'm 35. My back hurts. <laughs> so 
living like this has really slapped me in the face and woke me up like oh man like if i'm lucky i got 30 something years left to be vital you know maybe if i'm lucky that's not a lot of time i've already cruised through 35 of them and i'm whoa i'm already here <laughs> you know like there's no time to waste there yeah there's like you can exaggerate it and and go balls to the wall, but um, you just you just gotta do the things that you want to do. You have to do the things you want to do. That's the biggest thing I learned. But if you don't do the things you want to do, you're just gonna be where you're at. And if you don't like where you're at, you know, and you don't want to change it. Well, then you need to address what that is bring that into your awareness of like yeah why why am i afraid to go do what i want to do am i um there's so much exploration to do there and van life and, and a lot of my friends say this you know it's like it's i did not expect to be with myself so much and learn so much about who i am that is the ultimate journey of van life. And if you're, if you don't think that's going to happen to you, you're wrong because it will happen to you because you'll have so many moments where you're at rock bottom and maybe not, you know, maybe you're one of those few lucky people that um, are just kind of good to go. And, but for me, and I, and I know for a lot of my friends, there's a lot of rock bottoms, but they're, all teaching moments. If you look at it as teaching moments, it hits different. It doesn't hit hard anymore. It hits softer. It's, it's, you almost laugh when something goes wrong. You become so strong to that point where anything that goes wrong, a tire goes flat, you hit a deer, you ran out of money. Uh, your friends never showed up to this one camp spot or you got to the camp spot and it's taken. You start laughing about those problems and you're like, Oh, that's not even a big deal anymore. Um, you get over the fact that you have to poop outside. In fact, you start loving it. <laughs> I know I like it. It's fun. You know, you, you learn how to ask people, Hey, can I use your water spigot? You know, you, you learn specific places that are familiar to you. Like on the pass where your, your bus didn't like the, the loves that's there. Like that's my spot to get cheap gas and water. Like you learn how to operate differently. You look at America, not as this swath of land anymore. You look at it like, Oh, I know it really intimately. Like I know the land. I know where things are. I know where I can camp safely. I know where I can do this, that, and the other. And then it starts to become exciting. Like I'm excited right now. Like I'm, I'm, literally throwing a dart at the map. Like I'm going to go there and I'm going to figure out where to camp tonight. And you, and it's like, you get to be a child again, being out here living in, in the van. Sure. You got job and all that kind of stuff, but you gotta be prepared to, to meet yourself at some point if you haven't already. Um, Cause it, it, it's a coming, it'll happen. Witness it a lot. And then, uh, but I've also witnessed pure joy, like utter pure joy, like Schooly Palooza. Everyone's happy there. Everyone's happy there because everyone understands each other. You know, 
we're all in these rigs we're all doing the same thing and there's a community there and it feels so good it's like you know you belong there almost and uh and the road just teaches you so many things it's it's hard to put it all into a, a container to hand to someone and be like here's here's the playbook um you know you know what it reminds me of and i was just having a conversation with somebody about this three of my favorite fantasy books are the warded man the farseer books and um name of the wind and all three books in their they're all series but all three books the hero's journey is consistent throughout and what i've noticed in all the books the main character has to leave to eventually come back as a different person and achieve whatever goal that the people that's in his life to begin with cannot even conceive of conquering what like everything this entire podcast even what we were talking about before what i've noticed about this particular lifestyle is it forces you to go on that hero's journey. I don't want to, I don't even want to say heroes because it's not like we're out there slaying dragons and killing demons. Maybe we are our own personal dragons and demons, but maybe that is a good analogy. Maybe that is what we're doing. But overall, it seems like you can't become the hero and slay the demons. And this, but let's, let's just encapsulate that not to be grandiose, but just something internal, like become the hero that you want to be, slay the demons and dragons and you know meet yeah. the people that you're going to be taking this journey on you can't take the hero's journey unless you leave unless you explore unless you become comfortable out there and realize that you know the downs and the lows and solve problems and just become this different person that you want to become the hero to yourself almost and i think that's why and again we were talking before this why I feel so blessed to have the opportunity to live this lifestyle because we were just born at the right time to be able to have these laptops and these little MiFi spots that connect us to the entire world as we live in these little self-created homes and explore and yeah. conquer ourselves and demons, you know? So that's <clears throat> just as, as, as you were talking, that, that analogy just popped in my head that it seems like it directly correlates with the way we live our lives. And we've been fortunate enough to be the main characters in our books and not adhere to an uninteresting book. It's like, we're able to write our own and just all these trials and tribulations that we conquer just gets us closer to becoming that hero to ourselves that we want to be. I'm really happy you brought up the hero's journey because um, Joseph Campbell, Google that fella. Um, I don't think he's alive anymore, but it's amazing how one person can figure that out. You watch any movie, it's a hero's journey. Everything in your life is a hero's journey. And it makes sense if you believe in, in like universe stuff, you know, it just looks like this over and over again, these squiggles, these circles, that's all it does. Every, every calling that you answer, you begin the hero's journey. It could be as easy as I got to go poop in the woods. I'm going to take that calling. I'm going to go poop in the woods. I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you about it. Oh, it was great. This is what I learned. That's the hero's journey right there. Like along the way to you to go dig that hole, there's going to be obstacles. 
cactus rattlesnakes which i that's literally been in my way before you know but metaphorically like there are things in your path and those things have to be there new levels new devils you have to fight them you have to get through them it could be all mental you have to get through that but then you eventually get to the point and then it comes back and that's just literally how our universe actually works we had the explosion the universe is still expanding Eventually, it has to not expand. It has to come back to itself. And then it keeps doing it over and over again. The universe itself is a hero's journey. You're, like, you're in it. You, just, you have to be aware of it, that you are in it. And if you just stay home and don't answer that call, you're just going to be in this circle instead of in this beautiful piece of art that you can create with your life. Preach. Perfect time to end it. Uh, if people want to uh, follow along on your hero's journey, catch up with you, see what you're up to, where can they find you? And for those listening and watching, links will be in the show notes. Brian Bear Butler, Instagram. Brian Bear Butler, YouTube. It's where I put all my concentration in nowadays. All right, bud. Well, thanks. Thanks for your time. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll catch up on the road soon. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours Coloring Book. Meet 20 real-life nomads and alternative space dwellers and color images of the interior and exterior of their homes, plus passion pages filled with their favorite things. The Tiny Home Tours Coloring Book can be purchased at tinyhometours.com backslash coloring dash book or at the link provided in the show notes. Free shipping to the continental United States on all orders over $17.99. This episode has been a Tiny Home Tours production. If you're a fan, please rate and review us wherever you listen, share with your friends, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening and see you next time.